Welcome to Mindful Conversations with Kay. I'm Christy. And I'm Kelly. We are both moms, educators, kidding around yoga teachers, and trainers, and now podcasters. In this podcast, we will talk about using research-based tools and strategies to help increase mindfulness, self-awareness, connection, self-regulation, and peace in your home or classroom. Join us weekly for some fun and insightful conversations where we will take a deep dive into all things kids yoga and mindfulness. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Mindful Conversations with Kay. Hi, Kelly. Hi, Christy. So, you know, this month we're doing a whole um, exploration of kind of the physical body and the physical responses to emotions and things like that. So we were kind of looking back, we, we were uh, looking back over some old episodes that we've done and uh, we found one that we think might be a good uh, re-release, right? Yeah, this was an episode that we did. Um, on somatic work. And we talked a lot about the physical body and working with the physical body to help us to become unstuck or to move through emotions. In our last episode, last week, we were talking about how the physical body responds to emotions. And then this episode really talked about helping us to work through that process with using physical, the physical body and movement. Um, and so I think it's a really good episode for everybody to listen to, to get a little bit more background about how all of that ties together. And then we're going to come back next week and give you some more tips on working with the physical body and some specific ways that you can encourage movement and things with children in, in different fun and engaging ways. Yeah, you bet. We'll explore some different games and some different uh, fun techniques for sure. So, uh, so for now, enjoy this re-release of our episode about somatic work. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Mindful Conversations with Kay. Kelly, hello. Hi, Christy. Great to be back. Great to be back. Great to be back. Yeah. And great topic ahead of us today. Woo! This is a big one, a weighty one. It is. It's another sciencey one, which, you know, we love, but uh, definitely um, excited to, to talk about this topic. We're, we're getting into somatic work today, which is somatic. Let's, if we just want to like define it in case there's people out there who are like, what are you talking about? Yeah. But um, <laughs> Somatic is really um, something that relates to the physical body yeah. and um, looking deeper into it. There have been um, Dr. Peter Levine actually developed a whole form of therapy. That's this somatic experiencing, which is a body centered therapeutic approach to help people overcome symptoms of trauma and kind of allow people to use their body sense senses to get like unstuck from the fight, flight, or freeze response. So that's just like a little bit of background about what. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, 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 you know, as we were talking about this and of course, you know, we, as we find these cool podcasts and we send each other these pockets, like you got to check this out. It's so cool. <laughs> you know, we, we listened to this podcast, uh, 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 that was on the, uh, was it the tilt 
uh, Tilt Parenting. I love that podcast. Yeah, it's a great one. Tilt Parenting. And and, um, there was a a Zach Morris who who was talking about it and and, um, just fascinating stuff. A a precursor to this, though, or or a a little preamble, if you will. So we are not therapists by any stretch of the imagination. And so so I, I, you know, we talked about this uh, earlier, like, I almost feel funny talking about this because I want everybody to know, like, this is not our area of expertise, but we just find this information so fascinating. And so um, whenever we come across something like this, it's fun to just like, take a little bit of a deep dive into it and, and explore it a bit. But, uh, but yes, understand yeah. that we know we are not there. Right. And we are not experts in this by no. any means. But I, I love finding topics like this because so often looking at it through the lens of a mindfulness and yoga teacher, mm-hmm. um, it's so neat to see where some of these tools that they talk about in these specific therapies that these therapists do, um, where, where our yoga classes sort of use these very similar tools that mm-hmm. we're teaching to, the, teaching to our students, adults and kids really, but, um, you know, that's what is always so fascinating to me and why I love talking about these sciencey topics, because I can always feel like, oh, my goodness, this so relates to my kids yoga classes. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Yeah. And 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 so these are, um, you know, we're, we're going to get into a, a little bit of this uh, and this is somatic uh, stuff, somatic experiencing and all of that. And then we're going to. Um, you know, talk about what are some ways that we can work with kids to sort of help them get in touch with their physical bodies and, and, and then how can that sort of help them in the long run with dealing with some of these stressors or getting themselves unstuck, you know, in this, in this stress response. Yeah. Yeah. So, so let's, um, let's, let's dive in. I know, you know, prior to us jumping on today to, re- to record, we were talking about this whole thing. And I know you were talking about like your own children and mm-hmm. some of the experiences you've had. And then, and then I'll also share one of my recent experiences, which I feel like fits so well into all of this. So do you want to start out? Yeah. So we were talking about, um, you know, I've spoken before that, that um, my kids, you know, kind of, you know, they have some struggles with anxiety and, In this particular scenario, I'm talking about my 13-year-old son. Um, He, in the spring, he's a soccer player. And in the spring, um, he, way back in the beginning of April, he uh, fell and injured. He dislocated and broke his pinky in a soccer game. And um, it was so interesting because um, I was trying to hold it together myself because as he walked off the field, he was in complete shock. Like he was having no emotion. And he just kind of held his hand up and his finger was like going in the complete wrong direction. Oh yeah. Um, you sent me a picture of that. That yeah. was, that was, that was nuts. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Like, I mean, I, 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 I kind of get a little chills like right now, like as I'm thinking about it, cause it was, it looked very painful yeah. and um, you know, but he was, he was pretty much in shock. He was just like, I don't, you know, my finger, you know, and I was like, okay, we're, we're going straight to the hospital. <laughs> And which we did anyway, um, you know, kids are super like they heal so quickly. He was like back out, you know, healed and on the soccer field within two weeks, totally fine. His finger is fine. He's got total motion and everything, no problems. Um, And then he finished out his 
soccer season. And then, you know, he had a little break from soccer a little bit in the beginning of the summer. And then early in August started training again for, for the next upcoming season. And he came to me and he said, you know, every time I fall or I, somebody bumps into me, I feel a pain in my finger and I have to look down to make sure that my finger isn't hurt again, which is just like incredibly fascinating to me that because is. that's like, he didn't like shake off that trauma. Like we said, he didn't, he is still stuck there. His body is still remembering that feeling of when he broke his finger, even though in the moment, I feel like he wasn't feeling anything because he was in such shock. Yeah. Um, you know, but I, I talked to him about that and I was like, you know, that's like your, your brain has that memory ingrained in it now. And, you know, you kind of have to like realize that like, that's not what's happening. And like, we talked about how, how he could kind of work through that and use some like positive affirmations with himself before practice it, you know, like, and kind of like, you know, help him to, to deal with that. But um, it's just fascinating how his, his body has held on to that experience and it keeps popping back up, you know, it's that's, so interesting. That's crazy. And, and so the, the, the example that comes up um, quite often, if you're looking into some of this work um, by Dr. Le Peter Levine, and one of the examples that he <clears throat> often starts with is if you think about, um, if you think about in the wild, okay, you've got a, you've got a gazelle, right? And the gazelle is being chased by the lion. And so the lion captures the gazelle, pins it down. And so the gazelle in response to this, like the gazelle can't go anywhere, right? Initially it, it runs away, right? It, it flees, right? So their flight, well, I guess they go the, the fight flight. So it, it flies away, it, it runs away. So then, then when it gets pinned down, it can't do anything. So it freezes. And, and there's, there's video of this. There's actually video examples of this where the gazelle it, it just, everything in the body just shuts down. It, it plays possum, if you will, right? So it totally freezes. Well, let's say the lion, like another predator comes along and chases the lion off, right? So it doesn't actually eat the gazelle. So the gazelle is laying there and it's frozen. But then what happens as, as the video continues, what happens is you see the gazelle start to shake. It's almost like it goes into this seizure of sorts where it just, it just shakes and trembles and, and then it gets up and it runs away. So that particular part where it's, it's shaking and trembling and doing all that, that's kind of what they refer to as the discharge or, you know, the shaking off of that, of that stress. It's Here's like where- the cycle, right? Yeah. Like the, the whole cycle of the, the stress response. Yes. You go in it, you're in the middle of it, you know, and then you have to come out of it to in come order out for your body to fully release it. Right, right. But you actually have to go through it. Mm -hmm. And- so I found this so fascinating because um, this is a, this is an interesting story, interesting story that you don't necessarily need to hear about your friend me. But um, and Kelly knows this, of course. But for our listeners, I had an experience recently, a couple of weeks ago, where I I woke up one morning feeling like I was having heartburn, or you know. I, I don't deal with heartburn. So I don't know what heartburn feels like, but I'm like, hmm, this must be heartburn. I don't know. And so then a couple hours go by. And then I was, um, I was with a friend of mine and we were driving downtown. And I said, I, I feel like I need to verbalize this, but I'm having chest pains. It was the strangest thing. I, I, and I felt like the pains were getting worse and worse. I started getting real scared. And my friend said, should I take you in? And I said, 
you know, I think you should. And so then I started, like, my hands started getting weird and tingly. And so she took me into the ER. I got into the, uh, the ER. They rushed me back. They had all these electrodes uh, on me and, and, the, and the crash pads. And then they were trying to get a heart rate and a blood pressure. They could barely get a heart rate and a blood pressure reading on me because everything just dropped. Like my body was just shutting down. And so they had to give me some sort of, I don't know, it was a, a, some sort of adrenaline substance that, that got my heart rate back up, got my blood pressure back up um, and, and everything kind of got me stabilized, if you will. And, and it was so interesting because once it got to that point where they were like, okay, heart rate looks good. Blood pressure looks good. We're going to get an EKG, blah, blah. As soon as they said those words, I started trembling, like uncontrollably shaking. And, you know, initially I thought I had, I was having a heart attack, thought I was going to die. They, they, they got me in there. I had all these people swarming around me. My body's just like, nope, I'm shutting down. Right. Here's that freeze response. But then when they got everything back up and, and they're like, okay, you're stable, you're good, da, 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 da. shaking, 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 shaking uncontrollably. And that went on for, for a bit of time before it stopped. Now, the long and the short is I'm fine. <laughs> we ran, they ran every test under the sun and my heart is totally fine. And they think what it was is some sort of esophageal spasm, um, you know, some sort of thing going on heartburn wise. And I just, I just panicked. So my body's panic or stress response is to freeze, is to shut down. So, um, so the interesting thing too, is it happened again the next day, I started feeling like I was having those pains again. So then I started feeling like, oh, I'm getting dizzy, I'm getting lightheaded and the nurses were surrounding me. And, and then they told me, they're like, you're fine. Your heart is fine. Your heart rate looks good. The EKG looks great. Your chest x-ray was fine. And as soon as they said those words, again, shaking uncontrollably. So interesting to me. I'm like, I'm like the gazelle. <laughs> like, <what laughs> I mean- it's first of all, it must have been so scary. I, I'm it was, it was. so sorry you had to go through that, but it is so fascinating. You're actually amazing at completing your stress cycle. <laughs> like, I discharged my stress. <laughs> Incredible. I mean, yeah. it is so fascinating that you know, just to to see to to be able to like for you to be able yep. to step back now and look at that process. Right. It's unbelievable. Like the way the body works. Really, truly. Incredible. And, and it's interesting because, you know, and I think as I was listening to this podcast, when they were talking, I, one of the questions came up, came up, like, what is the discharge? How, I mean, is it shaking? Is it something? And I think it, I think it, it, it varies a bit. I think you, you can also think about, um, uh, the, I think one of the examples they used was was a toddler. I mean, and we can all think about if, if we've got children, you think about when a toddler is having a meltdown, right? And they're just, and they're just, they're sobbing and they're uncontrollable and all this. And you, and you pick the child up and you hold them and you, and you stroke their back and then you kind of start to breathe a little bit. And they kind of do this like, <sighs> that little cackle, right? <laughs> I always remember my husband when my kids were little, when they would do that, he'd be like, Ooh, I remember as a kid, I would, I love that feeling, yeah. but of course he did. That was like the completeness of like, yes. that felt good to him because it was like, Oh, it was over. All the stress was over, you yes. know? And then when, when our kids would do it too, it was almost like comforting to my husband, like, okay, everything's back to settle <laughs> down, like back to normal. <laughs> like we're all calm, <sighs> but um, yeah, yeah, that little cackle that, that they do, that's mm -hmm. a perfect example of that completion of that stress response. And it's funny because um, 
with my son. And when I think about it now, like when he was coming off the field and I was saying like, he had no emotion, I, you know, that was, I guess his freeze, freeze. right? He, yeah. Right. That was like his brain shut down. Like he couldn't yep. think about it, like that. His finger was in the totally going in the wrong direction. He couldn't, right. like his body wasn't even processing the pain. I don't think like he, he what didn't seem like he was in excruciating pain or anything. And even in the emergency room, um, you know, they had to put his finger back in place oh, and it was also broken at the knuckle. So they gave him some numbing, some numbing cream or some numbing shots in his uh-huh. finger. And the doctor said, like, she said to me before she, like, when we went in, she was like, I'm just going to warn you, like, this is going to be super painful for him. She's like, not only is his oh. finger dislocated, it's broken, but I got to give him this shot. And it, it hurts. This is going to burn, like, you know, and, you know, but I still, I think he was still in a little bit of shock because he's my kid who, who really doesn't do that great with needles and such, uh-huh, <laughs> you uh-huh. know? Yeah. But, um, you know, he, he was like a champ through it, you know, after the fact he said, you know, it was, it really, really hurt. Um, but when I was talking to him later on, when he brought it back up to me that he said, like, every time he bumps into somebody on the field or something, he sort of has this little pain in his hand and he has to check his finger. I told him, I said, you know what, take a breath and just kind of like shake out your hands and shake out your fingers. Like, just kind of like fake it out like in yeah. the moment like yep I'm good like you know yeah, like yeah, yeah. like I'm yeah. hoping that as he does that it kind of like lets that energy release where he can feel stuck and his body can then release and let that go um, right and we're hoping, I don't know he's got he's actually got tryouts today for his for his middle school team so Ooh, how exciting <laughs> yes let's send him some good vibes good vibes good vibes <laughs> nothing but good vibes <laughs> well you know so I I it, it is so important to start, you know, to, to, to be teaching kids to be aware of their body signals. Here's another one, right? When you don't pay attention to your body signals, anybody ever been hangry before? <laughs> just like, oh if gosh. you're not paying attention to your body signals and then like all of a sudden you're just like, you're getting crabby, you're getting like super upset and frustrated. And then you're just like, oh, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. My belly is empty. I need some food. Right. But if you don't pay attention to that, all of a sudden you're like, why am I so mad? Why like it's just you're yeah. snapping, but you're not paying attention to those signals that your body is sending you. So that's that's I think where we can we can help the kids is is just teaching them to just become more aware of what right. their body is telling them. Yeah. Come just and that that awareness, mm-hmm. um, we think that it should come naturally, right? Like you think about it like. Oh, kids should just know when they're hungry or adults, anybody yeah. we should just recognize when we're hungry or, you know, have, have you ever, you know, I don't know about your kids, but some of my kids, like, you know, the very, they wait till the very last minute when they have to go to the bathroom. Like they just don't pay attention. Then all of a sudden it's like, they got to go right then and there. Like, Emergency. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. It doesn't come naturally. That is like a, a practice that we have to teach them to do an awareness mm-hmm. of their body. Like yeah. it just doesn't, it just doesn't develop on its own. It's definitely a practice that we need to instill in them. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, and I, and I think about, you know, I think back to my situation where I started out that morning feeling like, like heartburn, right. But, but having never dealt with heartburn before, I didn't know what that felt like, but I wonder, I wonder if, if I was more aware and I wasn't ignoring it, because honestly, like I woke up that morning and I went out and I was, I was doing my, my, 
exercise routine. I was lifting weights. I was, you know, getting my morning started. I had my morning cup of coffee. I was doing all the things. I wasn't paying attention to that. I was like, eh, whatever. And I brushed it off. But I wonder if I would have taken a Tums, <laughs> could, could I have avoided two and a half days in the ER? Right? I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? Right. right. You know, next but, time I bet you will. Next time, but see, <laughs> you'll try that Tums. Well, and the interesting thing too, is that, um, with, you know, <clears throat> I think about when I, when I was in the hospital, I spent two and a half days in there. Anytime the doctor came in and started talking to me about like, oh, we're going to test for this. And it might mean this. And we're going to test for this. But I found myself feeling lightheaded, feeling just like getting that, that panicky feeling again, like I'm going to pass out, right? Anytime they started bringing it up. Um, and, and when I had a nurse say to me, he said, you are fine. You're here for a reason, but your heart looks great. Your EKG is fine. Your chest x-ray is fine. You know, he, he rattled off all these things. You're fine. I just felt myself go, oh, good. Okay. So I'm fine. And, and I was, I was fine. It was fine. But yeah. But anyway, so yeah, teaching kids to be aware. So what are some things we can do? What are some things that, you know, parents, teachers uh, can do with kids? Well, let's talk about some activities or some exercises that we might be able to practice with kids. Yeah, I think first having conversations about awareness of how our body responds to our emotions, right? Mm, like, yes. like thinking about, you know, ooh, like what might your body look like and feel like if you're feeling really excited, you know? Like, are we wiggly in our seat or are we jumping up and down or, you know, like, does our voice get louder? You know, what, what might you look like when you're feeling tired? Like, you know, and kind of have them act it out, like slumped body, like, you know, can't moving slowly. Maybe your voice gets lower because you just don't want to expend the energy, you know, and kind of showing them that our physical body is connected to our brain and our emotions. Yeah. And then what about when we feel angry? Do we get like tight fists? Like what is that feeling yeah. that we have inside our body when we experience these different big emotions? Because then we can teach them like to look for those little signals in their body when they get angry, right? Say maybe they're fighting with their siblings and they notice they're, they're clenching their fist or they're tightening their jaw. Uh -huh. What they could do then to like say, oops, I'm feeling angry before they lash out at somebody or throw something or do something that, you know, they're trying to release the energy that way. But right. Let's teach them some healthy ways to release the energy. So I think it first starts with those conversations about, you know, like, and having them act out is, is a fun way to do it. Like get them to stand up and what would you look like, you know, if, yeah. you know, you were like super nervous or really frustrated, you know, and yeah. talk about all those different things is a, is a fun way for them to just start to make that connection between the mind and the body. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. There's, there's another one that I, um, that I read about, and I thought this was really cool, um, as a way to kind of, um, practice this this body awareness and and everything else um they were talking about interpretive dance so putting on music and moving your body in response to that music so and i think about i've got this song that i do with my little little kids in in the classes where it's it's this fun little do 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 do, do and they're and they're dancing around and it sounds almost a little bit like a music box and a lot of them do that like they get up on their tippy toes and they start twirling around like they're dancing in this music box you know and then like and it's a move and freeze song and so then the music stops and so they freeze and then the next piece of music comes on and and then there's this one that goes 
doink, doink, doink. <laughs> the kids crack up. They think it's hilarious, but they bounce around because it makes them want to bounce and bounce and bounce. So, so doing things like interpretive dance, and this can be with all ages really, but, um, you know, the little, the little kids are so funny to watch when they, you know, when they do this, but, but so listening to music, moving a body, their body in a way in response to what they're hearing. So I thought that was a really interesting, fun exercise. Yeah, and I think you can do that with all ages and it's going to look very different, right? Like you said, it's like fun to watch the little ones bounce around and everything, but even though teenagers like putting on like what we might think is like a sad song and like, mm -hmm. then just asking them, like, what does that feel like in your body? And then putting on like a really loud, maybe like rock song and yeah, like, yeah. you know, like, okay, what does that feel like? For, what does your body, what is your body's response to that? You know, and get them to just really, they don't even have to necessarily be up moving around actually dancing, but our body is going to respond to those different rhythms and sounds and different speeds of the music and different, you know, volumes. So just getting them to like, kind of really tune into their body and be like, oh, what does this song make you feel is, right. is great. I love yeah. that. Yeah. And then, you know, yoga poses in general is a great way that we know we can increase body awareness, right? You're, you're talking to them. Okay. Like, like everybody get into star pose and reach up your fingers really tall to the sky and stretch your hands out really wide, like getting them to see what their feels like to have their hands stretch really wide and their arms go up really big. So just bringing that awareness to those different sensations in their body as they move into different yoga poses is another great way. Just of overall body awareness. I mean, we do that in our adult classes. I do that in my adult classes. I, you know, we talk about that. We're like, okay, you know, reach your hands up. You're going to touch the ceiling with your finger. Like pretend you're going to touch the ceiling with your hands, you know, okay. Now, now, you know, bend that, bend that front leg, but then reach through the back leg equally, you know, press evenly through both yeah. feet feel your hands. You know, I, I take people in a down dog and it's like, feel those four points of contact on the floor. Now grow a little longer from those four points of contact, yeah. you know, and, and with so, your breath work, breathing in and lengthening that spine, like, yes. you know, like just bringing their attention to sitting up tall and right. yeah, all those things. Right. Really right. So yeah. Yoga poses to our physical well, body. And I think about, you know, a yoga class and, and kind of the what we call when we teach kids, we call it peaceful garden, right? With, with adults, we call it Shavasana, Yoga Nidra. But taking people through this, um, you know, through kind of a guided relaxation where they can, um, where they can actually go through and guide them through sort of a progressive relaxation with their body. So bring awareness to your right foot, right? Relax that right foot. Now with, with adults or with older kids, you know, you can really stretch this out and you can take a while going through like each individual body part with younger kids. You might make it a little, you, you, you got to consolidate it a little bit. So squeeze every muscle in your body as tight as you can, and then relax it, you know, this sort of thing. So, yeah. Yes, I love that part of for myself and my own personal practice. And it's funny because I, I used to think like I would have a hard time focusing or I have a hard time letting my mind be quiet when I first started practicing. And that practice helped me so much. And I am now able to like listen to the yoga instructor. And like when they say, bring your attention to your right foot, it's like, wow, like I can feel the energy in my right foot now. Like even as I'm saying it now, like all my, my focus goes right to my right foot. And it's like, I can almost just like feel like an energy field around that foot. And it's so amazing how your 
brain, you know, you can really move through your body and really like be totally focused on one area of your body and then like slowly move and relax all the muscles. So it's a really great practice. And I, I did a, um, another training that was like based on occupational therapy. Mm-hmm. And in that um, training, they were talking about working with kids and, and telling them to be body detectives. And Ooh, I thought that was I a like fun that. way. Yeah, yeah. A really fun way to like, they're like, we're going to be body detectives today. And we're going to go and like feel different muscles in our body. And then they would say like, tense up your hands and then relax your hands. And now be a detective, see what it feels like in your hand. Does it feel warm? Does it feel tingly? Does, you know, and give them different descriptions on what it might feel like, which I really, really liked because it, it, that it's is fantastic. Really, yeah. Yeah. Nice one to, to depict it for the kids. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And yeah, I think kids would, kids would dig that if you're like, we're going to be detectives. Like that's, that's so cool. Right. Oh, yeah. that's fun. I love that. I love that. I'm going to have to use that one. I'm going to borrow that one. Yeah. <laughs> that's good. Yeah. I think that it's really a, such a powerful tool to just teach our kids to be aware of their body. Let them know that their body is constantly communicating with them through mm-hmm these little sensations and feelings. And if we can get them to really tune into those sensations and feelings, then they can sort of help to either regulate themselves quicker, quicker, or, you know, listen to that, their gut intuition a little bit easier Mm. when, when they need to, and feel something's a little bit off or just that awareness, like you said, so they're not going to get hangry on us. You know. I love that. Yeah, no, it's great stuff. I love this. So um, super fascinating. And um, I have been, I found myself ever since our first conversation about this, I've been, I've been looking stuff up and researching a little bit more. And, and um, I, I just, uh, this, this stuff is so fascinating to me. So uh, once again, and if anybody's up. interested in learning more about it, just look up, you know, somatic experiencing, or again, Dr. Peter Levine, We'll link that podcast with Zach Morris because um, there he was specifically talking about working with children on that yes. Tilt Parenting mm-hmm. podcast. Um, so we'll link that in the show notes um, if you want to dive deeper in and, and learn more about, about the somatic and this body work. It's get, really get, awesome. a little, get a little nerdy with us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a little science a little science-y nerdy. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Good stuff. All right, Kelly, thank you as always. Great conversation. And uh, thanks everybody for joining us. And we look forward to uh, our next conversation. Bye everybody. Thank you for joining us for this conversation. If you enjoyed this episode, we invite you to subscribe and give us a written review to help us reach others and share all the benefits of kids yoga and mindfulness. If you want more information on all that Kidding Around Yoga has to offer, you can find us at kiddingaroundyoga.com and on Facebook and Instagram at Kidding Around Yoga. We will meet you back here next week for another fun conversation with Christy and Kelly.